scripture lesson today comes from the appearance of the risen Jesus to his disciples in the Gospel of John. It is in chapter 20, verses 19. It is a very short appearance and a short scripture. But listen now to the word of God. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of the Lord. God. Lord God, as we do gather around the appearance of Christ, breathe on us with life. In the name of Christ, amen. When I began my ministry in Wichita Falls, Texas in 1980, I was the third pastor on the staff, fresh out of seminary, and therefore third in line when the preaching schedule was handed out. My first sermon in that church was not even on a Sunday morning, but it was in the sanctuary, but it was on a Saturday night in a barn on a ranch outside of town at a church picnic. Now, I don't blame the people for having more interest in the pork and barbecue that they were about to consume than any word from the Lord that I might bring that night. But they had scheduled a worship service, and I was scheduled to preach, so I stood behind a makeshift pulpit and preached. Afterwards, a curmudgeonly elder came up to me, rubbing his neck. And he said, you did a good job, young fella. Except my head kept bobbing up and down, following your emotions. Sure enough, the whole time I was preaching that first sermon, I was going up and down, just like that. <laughs> the elder gave me a gruff but friendly advice. A few weeks later, I gave my first sermon on a Sunday morning in the sanctuary of that church, and my ankles were riveted to the floor. <laughs> Alliteration being the easiest form of poetry, I entitled the sermon, Focus of faith is forgiveness. It began with me telling the story of a young husband and father who lived across the street from the home in which I had grown up, who managed a plant and warehouse for a major drug company, who gave me a summer job in college, and with whom I had ridden to and from work every day that summer. When I went back to college, a phone call from my mom shared the news that the man had left his wife and family and job with someone else and was living in another city. I don't really remember the content of the sermon, but its message must have been, 
on the focus of faith as forgiveness. Forgiveness is a big topic in Christian faith, wrenching and difficult as it often is. Earlier this week, a longtime member of the church placed in my mailbox in the office down the hall a booklet that she had received from a friend. Embossed in gold print on a navy blue cover were the words, Liturgy of Remembrance, Contrition, and Hope. And, Dedication of Isaac Hawkins Hall and Anne-Marie D. Kraft Hall, Georgetown University, April 18, 2017. The program came from the service held this past week, in which Georgetown honored and remembered the 272 slaves the school's leaders, the school's leaders had sold in 
but we don't. And therefore, guilt exists. Both these articles maintain that one reason we are so divided in our national and international politics and conversations is that the persistence of guilt leads each of us to different and conflicting ways of seeking at solutions. Some of us define ourselves as victims so that we are absolved through our innocence. Some of us so identify with victims that we are absolved through the moral zealotry that we adopt. Some of us withdraw into an individualism or an apolitical quietism that essentially says, not my problem, not my problem, not my problem. Whether we are speaking of sins committed in the most intimate of our relationships, sins committed in recent or centuries ago history, or whether we are holding God responsible for the hurts that we experience or witness, Sin and forgiveness are at the heart of faith. The focus of faith is forgiveness. In the Gospel of John, when Jesus first appears to to his disciples, he says to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He then breathes on them. And he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. These words are the first and last words that Jesus speaks to the disciples as a group in John. They resemble words he spoke to Peter in Matthew when he gave Peter the king's keys to the kingdom and to the disciples in Matthew when he established a sense of communal discipline. Whatever you bind on earth, he had said, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Behind these questions are a few salient features of the Christian faith, no matter what denomination or tradition we are in. Just as God had sent Christ into the world to forgive and retain sin, Christ now sends his disciples into the world to exercise that same power. Just as God had breathed life into the human creature at creation, Christ now breathes life into the disciples, showing that the decision of forgiving and retaining occurs in the context of and for the purpose of life. And just as breath, life, and spirit are linked in Genesis, breath, life, and spirit are also linked in John. John and Genesis are almost like two books in conversation with one another. Forgiving and retaining sins, therefore, involves life. It involves the Holy Spirit. To summarize then, when the risen Christ appears to his disciples as a body in John, 
Christ bestows upon them the power to represent him in the world and the power to forgive and retain sin in the context of life that God has given to the world and in the context of new life that Christ has given to the world and that continues after his resurrection in the Holy Spirit. So what does this mean for us practically today? It does not mean that the church sets up a list of what is right and what is wrong and meets out praise or criticism, reward or punishment based on who follows the list and who does not. It is deeper than that. What it does mean is that inasmuch as the church is able to relate to the world and inasmuch as we as individual Christians live in the world, we are to seek the places where life from God seems present. We are to join those places. And we are to recognize and perhaps accept those places where life seems absent. When the risen Jesus offers, what the risen Jesus offers concerning forgiveness and retention of sin is not a list, but is life. Where there is life, there is Christ. It is life to which we as Christians are drawn. It is life which we as Christians affirm. It is life to which we as Christians bear witness. It is life toward which we urge and counsel ourselves, people with whom we are close, organizations and societies in which we live and work, serve, and vote. Thus, when forgiveness is an expression of life, it is to be offered. When it comes as an expression of life, it is to be accepted. When it is offered as an expression of darkness, no matter how well disguised it is, it is not to be accepted but it is to be retained. And never, never is forgiveness to be offered as an expression of darkness to manipulate the one offered forgiveness. I want to share with you that there have been several instances in my life but I believe I have been significantly wrong, and I know that I have been hurt. The details are not necessary to share in a setting such as this, and ultimately the details do not matter. Like Paul's thorn in the flesh, it is more important to know that Paul had a thorn in the flesh in the flesh than to know what the thorn while in none of these instances have I been asked by offenders to forgive them, I have for many years wondered if I shouldn't grant forgiveness to my absent offenders so that I can, in the great American tradition, move on. But over the years, I've come to realize that in each of these instances, for me to forgive would be trivial and cheap, for it would not 
change the title from the focus of faith is forgiveness to the focus of faith is life. The alliteration is not as good. But the truth is deeper. 